yeah, you have these mental benefits of caffeine. Oh, you're wired. You go focus. You could do more. Maybe you get, it gets rid of some of that ADHD that you have, or maybe it ramps it up. Caffeine has been a really good solution for you. It feels good, and you get stuff done. And those symptoms, those adverse symptoms, like increased heart rate, increased blood pressure, increased irritability, those, those, those are good for short periods of time. But if you're always constantly in those, it takes a toll on your body. Ooh, I gotta go. I've been working, so them please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bro. Just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog. Swear I paid all my fees. I was starving for this game. Now my fan they can't eat. Hey, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cup of Nurses show with your hosts, Peter and Matt here. Thank you everyone for tuning in. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. No science topic gets not talked about here. Everything gets uncovered. We don't hide anything. We don't shy away, shy away from anything. We say it how it is. That's why this show is so freaking great. And I love tuning in myself. I love coming on here every single day. And if we help you in any way, give you value, please uh, give us a like, comment, Give us a five stars, share it with your loved ones. This is how we grow. This is how we get motivated. And this is why we keep on coming, showing up here and producing this high quality content. We're on a five day streak this week. We're putting in the work, about to start work. But anyways, cupofnurses.com has everything you need. And it has a new layout, which looks sick. It almost looks like a Google search engine. Whatever you want to find there as far as topics, check that out. And, we have, and also we are frontline warriors. If you want to increase your consciousness because there is a war on your mind, tune in there. Awesome blog posts about consciousness. YouTube as well. There's always debriefings there and we have a ton of episodes. And the last thing, Pronto, that is the app that we're currently working on that's going to revolutionize and innovate healthcare. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing great, Matt. Thank you for the stellar introduction. Another great day in San Diego here. But in this episode, we're going to talk about caffeine. It is Caffeine Awareness Month. And a lot of people consume caffeine, but they still aren't really sure on its actual effects on the human body. And what a cool stat, stat that, that we've learned is that 85% of people in the United States drink at least one caffeine beverage a day. It's true that America runs on Dunkin'. Mm. A little bit of Starbucks, Starbucks as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, but now that you brought it up, do you prefer, are you a Starbucks guy or a Dunkin' kind of guy? I've had phases. So when I was in nursing school, I was getting Dunkin' all the time because I was getting caffeinated twice a day. You know, mm-hmm. you know how it goes. And then as far as now, lately, just travel nursing, we've been getting a lot more Starbucks, mm-hmm. or we had the local place where we lived, and then also gas station coffee. Technically, just to think about it, but we also make coffee ourselves here. So getting getting them grinded up is just as good. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? Yes, yeah, same. So same, same, very similar journey. I definitely grew up probably more Duncan person, and then in college, I probably slowly transitioned transitioned to Starbucks because they got me on the environment. Because and Duncan, you just kind of go in there, getting your stuff, and you're going like America runs on Duncan. So you hop and hop out. You got your coffee, you got your donut, whatever. But Starbucks kind of slowed that environment down. It gave you like a place to go, a place to sit down, and actually took advantage of the longer waiting lines you could say because they i feel like almost they almost revolutionized it because at starbucks like you're okay in waiting at starbucks you could say like i'm more down to wait in line 10 minutes at starbucks to get my drink than i am 
didn't get in groceries. Because at Starbucks, you can at least sit down, go on your phone, or you can work on some stuff. That's why they push that price mm-hmm. point. Yeah, and you get the whole experience. So definitely through through school, high school, uh, and probably more in college, I switched transitions from Dunkin' to Starbucks. And then they had that, re- that rewards program that came out. That was like the first rewards program, program you could say, that I actually used. I know my parents were like JCPenney JC reward members or and like Kohl's and stuff like that. But I never belonged to any of those kind of department stores. But um, you, only, you only went with your mom to shop. I, I guess you could say that yeah. because she was she, giving the she deals. Was, she was collecting. She was collecting the coupons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's yeah, exactly. I know how it goes. Don't worry, <laughs> yeah, man. Stuck, you know? I remember. I remember yeah. how we, back in the day, I used to always get Old Navy. Then I thought I was like cool, and mm. I'm trying to get better swag out here. So you know, there's like phases of better clothing. I'm like, mom, I don't want to go to Old Navy anymore, and <laughs> I stayed back home. So. Uh, it's such a fun time transitioning from yeah. like a kid to a teenager. Right. Side so, note. It's so funny because like you grow up shopping with your mom <laughs> and then first it's like your mom shopping for you. Then it's like she takes you with because sometimes shit doesn't doesn't fit properly. So she really have you there as a kid. Hey, go in here, four pairs of pants, four t-shirts, try this on, tell me what fits. We'll get the similar ones. I'm like, okay, I do that as a kid. And then it's like, then there's that point where shopping sucked with your mom, but you had to do it. And then after that point, I think became... Shopping with your parents or slash your, or your mom or whoever you shop with, uh, as like like a normal thing, and then what changed it up is you shopping by yourself, because then your parents gave you money like a hundred bucks or one twenty or whatever you know they gave, and then um, you just go to like Hollister or um, Aeropostale, Abercrombie and Fitch, all those ones, and just buy something. I agree with you. My mm-hmm. little brother's in that phase now too, where he's resisting of the clothing that's being purchased for him. So mm-hmm. it's just it's funny seeing those uh, those footsteps. Yeah, yeah. But back to caffeine. Uh, we use it quite a bit. Speaking of which, I'm holding a coffee mug here, and I'm drinking caffeine. Mm-hmm. It's it's our podcast logo has a coffee cup there, cup of nurses. So mm-hmm. we our that loud had a caffeine molecule, I believe, or something. Yeah, like we've been caffeinated for a lot of our lives, mm-hmm. and that's a that's interesting to think about because it's you said it's the only legal psychoactive drug. I, I, I haven't said that this episode, but I've said it in the past, yes. Okay. But it's and, also a and technically, it's in the notes. So, <laughs> yeah. You, you, yeah, just claim you said it there. Um, and that's a scary thing to think mm. about because we legalize other medicines and drugs. But what is this drug doing to us? Mm. What is caffeine as a stimulant doing uh, to the nervous system? Mm. Because if you think about it, like, think about it this way. So, when, okay, so I'm going to give you some perspective because I'm a night shift nurse. And um, you can maybe give the same same perspective, but I was a big, I was a huge energy drinker back uh, back when I first started becoming a nurse, started do, doing night shift and things like that. So like it's interesting to look at. And I thought about this is that there's, uh, you could say a legal amount of caffeine you could put in one beverage, but there's no amount limit for how much of, how much of the beverages you can drink or buy. So there really is is no max amount of caffeine that you know you could buy. It's a stimulant, and it's the only, like Matt said, and I said previously to this day, is uh, that caffeine is the only legal stimulant that's also most psychoactive thing that we have on the market. That, that there's no limit on. They limit you how much you can put in a can based on the the amount of liquid in in the bottle or the can, but they don't pr- they don't say hey you can only buy five Red Bulls. And what I was trying to tell you a minute ago with the, with the whole story with night shift is that I used to drink sometimes like four red bulls in a, in a in a given shift and like it was crazy because i would come in come in actually it was like three red bulls and a co- coffee i would come in with a coffee 
which is like 155 milligrams of, of caffeine. And then I would slam three Red Bulls throughout my shift. One, I would sip on. It's a lot. Second one, I, I, would, I would chug. And a third one, I will probably sip on too. But the standard was probably like one coffee and one, one energy drink. That was like standard. But sometimes when you know, when it was a busy day and you're working, like you picked up an overtime shift, you're working like your fifth in a row or whatever. Then that fifth day, I'm definitely gonna need like 300 drinks and a coffee. So it's like, think about it. It's like 600 milligrams of caffeine right there. And not more. Before the show, I always like to go on YouTube and maybe watch a quick little summary of some fun facts I could pull from the episode to better educate people on this show. And I found out how much caffeine it takes for to kill you. Mm. So the max formula that you can take is 70 milligrams per kilogram. Mm-hmm. So if uh, a coffee cup, a coffee, coffee cup is like 150 milligrams of caffeine and you're like a 70 kilo person, then technically you need to consume 70 cups of coffee in one sitting mm-hmm. for actually to have a lethal dose of caffeine to kill you. Damn. You said, so, you said 30? 70 mil- milligrams per, per kilogram. kilogram. Damn. So that's a lot. That's that's not going to happen. So Just I, like you I have can't to ingest, I have to ingest over 5,000 milligrams of caffeine. That's a lot. I you can divide that caffeine. by 150. Not to... Sh- 33. So 34. 34 it's 33.9 something. Yeah. So like and by the way, cups. this is not any information to <laughs> yeah. figure out how much you consume um, of caffeine. You of, know how, yeah. you know how don't, we do, don't do this, guys. Don't do it. You know how we were growing up, they had that, like, because YouTube first came out or a video and they had like those, all those online things where you try to hold your breath until you pass out and that was yeah, like a trend I did that something and before the, and the, the Tide Pods too people eating Tide Pods because whatever and then like I never tried that before getting high <laughs> off like those those Duster, fumes yeah. those, those fumes from like certain cans of of um of, I don't know what yeah. the hell they had cheese or some shit bro they even yeah. did markers so hey this is we're not telling you guys to y'all to do this yeah. this is dangerous stuff right here before the know. show, we should probably have Con- like a little advisory disclaimer, because, yeah. because I told people how to. And use even to begin with, consult way. your physician if you want to consume any kind of caffeine. Since you're gonna go out, let's go the full length over here. You know and I'm saying, yeah. So just to talk about caffeine and its mechanism of action, it has several. But for one, it's an antagonism effect on adenosine receptors. So what that means is, throughout the day, you have adenosine receptors, and they start binding to the receptor site. And the more that get bind, they start to become. You start to become more sleepy. Mm. It, it naturally tells you to go to sleep. The opposite happens when you drink caffeine. It replaces those receptor sites because it has the same binding capabilities. And what happens is it makes you not sleepy. Makes you stimulated, ready to go. So that's like a brief, in a nutshell, of how it affects the adenosine receptors. Yeah, yeah. Because caffeine, people don't don't know. Is that it affects a lot of things in your body? The adenosine one—that's the the major one that caffeine is, is known for. The whole adenosine system, and there's a few more, few others mechanisms of action that you, that you can say occur with uh, caffeine consumption. Uh, the other one is inhibition of phosphodiesterase, also the release of calcium from intracellular stores, and antagonism of benzodiazepine receptors. So all those, all those like uh, mechanisms of action is is why caffeine has this this effect on us and adenosine is the, is the major one and there's a lot of uh, talks about adenosine i know dr uh, andrew huberman talks about adenosine a lot um Rhonda patrick i think talked about it and then um david sinclair also talked about it that's like one of the main things that are responsible for you getting tired throughout the day and actually like ending your day 
because nighttime also affect then I see melatonin and all that um, all that kind of stuff but it, it's it's crazy how like one a chemical can make you respond in this way and like in like the smallest ways because when you think about like the the effects the way it makes like, you feel the way you feel and yeah and you kind of have an idea like okay this makes me feel this way but like learning about how it works it's just like completely mind-blowing and you learn about these like crazy mechanisms of actions like we just mentioned and it's just like going deeper and deeper with a microscope going down these rabbit holes you could say about about science is is like it's when you look at it we've grown so much in knowledge about the human body and how things work on how um, infections spread on people who stay healthy and how to be healthy and it's just crazy that people don't take, take advantage of it yeah i don't I, my like th- like theory on this is since it's from plants it's naturally found in smaller doses mm-hmm. caffeine is healthy it, it has its purpose and we could definitely take it to the extreme because of how easily it's available mm-hmm. it's on a way to work it's in the house uh, but one thing that's mind-blowing about caffeine that it increases meta- from a me- metabolic standpoint increases metabolism but what happens to the brain it actually reduces cerebral blood flow mm. I there was a podcast I listened to that was saying how and this they can't associate this but they're linking Alzheimer's and different brain issues to the consumption of caffeine through a long a longitudinal standpoint mm-hmm. so they can't link it directly but if there's a cerebral uh, decrease in blood flow and what is that doing to the neurons and brain health hmm. that we have yet to discover yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's mind-blowing I don't know what what this does like even learning about imagine being like 1900s or whenever they found out about this about realizing that hey in your body you have these vessels that are able to constrict and dilate constrict and dilate that's like mind that's like mind-breaking research at that time and it's just crazy how our body is just such an such a complex organism made up of these really really uh simple parts yeah and the way this uh cerebral blood flow happens is the receptors of caffeine indirectly affect norepinephrine dopamine acetylcholine serotonin and that's why it's such a powerful drug because you consume it just like you're mentioning your starbucks it got you hooked that gave you a reward that has dopamine because you got a free coffee you also get dopamine and that rush from consuming the damn drink so it's such a hot item to sell because look at nurses shitty things happening at work take a couple sips you feel good break room there's cookies you consume a little bit walk back Mm -hmm. in consume something else try something else and then before you know it you've ate like 750 calories of goodies and it's the nighttime Uh, not to go off topic but this is the part of it's so hard to be self-disciplined at work if you work a night shift you need caffeine to stay up because you're fighting your own body and then caffeine makes you feel good and it's just like this loop and then mention the um the break room how can you have self-discipline when all that's going on and you have such a bad environment of stress yeah that's crazy because also because caffeine also draws the concept of it's made uh, in nature so these things are naturally provided provided to us but it's our job to not overuse it and use it for the for the right things that goes with a lot of things in in nature and you know food to begin with is like the the same idea there's a lot of stuff out there that is neither good neither bad it's just the way you use it as as a tool Uh, another way caffeine affects our body is through the inhibition of phosphodiesterase Um, phosphodiesterase inhibition prevents the ability of breakdown of cmp and cgmp uh, the levels inside, which cause levels inside of 
the cell to uh, decrease in calcium. And it's also caused vasodilation of smooth muscle. Um, and this, when you brought up the constriction of the, of the brain blood, blood flow, it's crazy because uh, caffeine is, is a vasoconstrictor in like your, you could say it's like to your brain, but it's a vasodilator to your peripherals. And your So lungs, it has both effects. Yeah, and also it dilates your, your, your bronchioles um, and a few other uh, vessels in your heart. And it's crazy to think about like how one thing can do both constriction and vasodilation at the same time. And you mentioned the whole calcium thing. So it also has a direct, uh, bidirectional um, relationship with intracellular calcium. So caffeine pulls calcium out of the bones to the body and uses it. So uh, there's a calcium loss associated with uh, consuming caffeine. But what scientists are saying, if you just pour some milk in there, that should be enough of a a replacement. So it's actually good to put milk in your coffee for that aspect. Maybe there's going to be studies in the future that's going to correlate osteoporosis with consumption of caffeine of 15, 20 years. We're mm-hmm. just not there yet, but that's something to think about. But there's no direct correlation in the studies that we've looked at. Yeah. Uh, my thought process on that is there's a lot of things that, that contribute to certain issues. Like you could say osteoporosis. There's certain things that could contribute to that but don't necessarily make it worse or cause it but it's like the accumulation of these things let's just say uh you have you have brittle brittle bones you could say um or starting to develop osteoporosis and for example you drink a lot of coffee then you you don't eat let's just say vegetables which have a lot of calcium and you don't exercise which puts puts a little bit more stress on your bones which makes them a little bit stronger if you're neglecting all three of those then you're might still develop osteoporosis because none of none of those three things directly leads to osteoporosis but the fact that you're doing all three of those and you're messing with your calcium and you're not showing anything in your bones just a combination of not doing those three you're going to potentially lead to bone loss and have osteoporosis and have a bone issue in, in the future because nothing up, is ever black or white point. yes it's nothing it's we're like we're humans so we're not robots we're not like like um computer products where you can put in and, and input in and then get the exact same output for each each input we're all we're all different so just because uh one person got one issue from x thing doesn't mean you're going to develop the the same thing and then we throw in the beauty of like epigenetics and our normal genetics and just like so unpredictable it goes back to lifestyle and habit yeah. which mm-hmm. we drill 75 percent of episodes maybe 80 mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's our common theme here, especially on Mondays. <laughs> Another effect of uh, caffeine is it has a benzodiazepine receptor antagonist ability. So what it does is, as you know, Denison is that I feel tired effect. Well, because caffeine replaced it, it has a weak correlation with having antagonistic mm-hmm. properties with benzos that make them less effective and uh, suppresses that uh, effect. Yeah, so I think of Xanax, for example. Xanax is, is, is a benzo, uh, you take it, you feel drowsy, so you, you feel tired, um, and you wanna go to sleep. And when you compare caffeine to it, it's like the exact opposite. So that's why it's the why it's an antagonist for anti, anti-antagonist. When I was in uh, Santa Monica working a contract, one of the doctors there gave Adderall to the patient was prescribed in the morning to get him up and going and fighting. This was a C-19 patient off ECMO, traked, and she, they were doing Adderall to get these people going and feel happy and energy. I wonder if caffeine can be used in medicine to help with that. 
Mm. Because if you're in the hospital four weeks in the ICU, usually you just had pneumonia, got intubated. Let's just say 30 days is a good, mm. good thing that we see. And they feel exhausted. They feel hopeless. They feel like they're in the fishbowl for so long. Maybe caffeine could be a cool psychoactive drug to give to these patients to get them going to get them off the vent you never know so i thought the same thing for a little bit like hey why aren't we using like um caffeine or something stronger like adderall to maybe change help these people's you say mindset and mental attitude to get them to do things but then um while working in chicago i worked with basic heart failure and i realized that hey any kind of small change in your your vessel uh, pressure for like dilation and constriction and also the pressures in your heart um it takes only a slight change to really have somebody to compensate yeah then i I was like okay yeah and i was like oh that's why now i understand why it wouldn't be a good idea to to do this kind of stuff because because everyone has to realize that yeah, you have these mental benefits of caffeine. Oh, you're wired. You go focus. You could do more. Maybe you get it gets rid of some of that ADHD that you have, or maybe it ramps it up, or whatever. Maybe caffeine has been a really good solution for you. But understand that it it has one effect on the mind, but also has an effect on a body that you might necessarily not always feel. And if you consume a lot of caffeine over long periods of time, those physical effects tend to almost turn into your baseline. So you might be naturally hypertensive just because of the of the fact that you drink a lot of caffeine beverages because if you drink 200 milligrams of, of caffeine every day from the age of like 20 to the age of like 50 you're probably going to have pretty bad hypertension you got to limit stuff on things because it like like i said it feels good and you get stuff done and those symptoms those adverse symptoms like increased heart rate um, and all that kind of stuff increased blood pressure Increase your irritability. Those, those those are good for short periods of time, but if you're always constantly in those, it takes a toll on your body. Always being in yeah. fight or flight, the yeah. sympathetic nervous system. And then you become addicted to these to these things. Like I, I've noticed that when I come off a shift where I drink a lot of energy drinks, let's just say I'm doing a four in a row, my fourth one I drink like three hundred energy drinks, uh, consume like I want to say four to five hundred milligrams of caffeine, and then the next time I go into work, let's say I have a have a two day break and then I go to work. I feel like I need those caffeine drinks to to stay awake. It's addictive. But it's addictive. But I know that I'll be fine without them because I really don't need them. Because at the end of my my shift in Austin, I, I kind of always do this. Like towards the end of my, my shift, I'm not doing nights anymore. Is towards the end of my contracts, I stop drinking energy drinks at night just so I could. Because uh, then I know I'm gonna have a few weeks, maybe a, a month, or two months off. I slowly decrease my energy drink consumption uh, over night shift just to help adjust to a regular day shift schedule. So I just won't drink anything. And I feel basically the same day. It maybe takes like two or three shifts to get rid of that fall, you could say, that you had associated with energy drinks and caffeine. Um, but after those two or three nights, like I don't even need it. I function the same way. It, um, just, it just helps me a little bit. I'm brainstorming some ideas. Imagine the reason why we are sometimes irritable during a shift is not because of that patient. The patient could have created the cascade where you feel irritable, but it's really a little bit of that caffeine withdrawal mm. that you just need to go get your little fresh cup it might be. from the break room. Just some be. random thoughts. I'm investigating more into caffeine. Mm. Yeah, and plus throw in a lack of sleep and the change in, in, your, in your body's circadian rhythm when you are on night shift. Uh, like any disruption to your regular system is going to make you irritable because just the fact that you work nights and the fact that you probably don't get enough sleep in, in between shifts or at all in your life 
just by eliminating energy from like your, your standard night shift routine is going to throw everything a little bit off balance and you're going to get that little bit of that fog and and your body trying to figure out hey where is this normal thing that i usually get and then it says oh it's not coming we're not having it anymore okay so your body is going to learn how to function without it and you'll be fine yeah caffeine just yeah. a cool tool because in healthcare we're just put in a shitty situation the mm-hmm. odds are so against us to be successful uh c19 is nothing new it didn't cause all this to happen this is something that's been boiling over uh that's even veteran nurses have told me like mm-hmm. this is nothing new now it got kind of exposed that we're faced in tough circumstances mm-hmm. it's just it's just brought the uh, stuff from underneath up to more of the surface so you can see it so the stuff was always there this just makes it a little bit more more of a visual and actually irrelevant and, and this is why we need positive change mm-hmm. we should think about for going to washington we just got to find out if we're off that schedule because yeah, we, we already, we already got, uh, used up our whole week to go to Miami. Mm. Side note. Yeah. It's all good. We we'll are the we'll resistance. We forgot, yeah. So now we talk a little bit about the mechanism of actions of of caffeine. So now we're going to talk a little bit about about the effects of caffeine, what these mechanisms of actions actually cause the bodies to do. Uh, so first obvious one is increased alertness. And the thing with, with these is that caffeine... Uh, revs up your sympathetic nervous system, which is like your fight and flight response. And then you have your PNS system, which is more of like your rest and, and digest. So the PNS gets slowed down and the SNS uh, gets gets actually worked on. So that's where you get the increase in alertness from. And that's probably the main reason why anybody drinks caffeine is to be a little bit more more alert, be a little bit more awake, more active, more focused. And that's the, the major appealer for caffeine. And um, they got me for sure. That's why I drink caffeine. I don't really drink caffeine for the taste. Like I'm drinking plain coffee right now. And for the plain coffee probably takes, it's a taste that takes somebody to, to get used to. It's an acquired taste, you could say, because not a lot of people could drink plain black coffee. But that's like the only way to really get uh, natural caffeine, if you think about it, without any 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 other other thing. That's like your nat- most natural form um, of coffee, I guess, and mm-hmm. caffeine. But yeah, that's for sure. And that's ingrained in us because as a society, especially in Western culture, everything is like, go, 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 get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done. And if you could just squeeze in maybe an hour more of productivity into your day, that already shows that, hey, you might be able to beat your competition. Because while your competition is on lunch break from 11 till noon, eating food, you're slamming a coffee, you're eating a sandwich, it's only taking you half an hour and then you have other 30 minutes to get back into work. And that's how people. It's real hustlers out there. Yeah, huh? but it's but it's not realistic. It's not realistic. It's not our bodies are meant to function. Yeah, we're not we're not a machine that's supposed to do the same thing over and over and over again. We're 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 built to use our mind, our creativity, and just because you're putting in thirty hours more of physical work, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to succeed uh, in in life. It might not even help you out at the gym either, because you know how you know how we you always say, things are are just the way they are. They're they're just there. With one of the pillars in frontline warriors is just be. Things are, are just being. They're just being there. It's the way you use them. You can overdo at the gym and never never get any gains. You can underdo it in the gym and never gain any gains. You can overdo it with with food, and you know you're gonna you you gotta be unhealthy. You can underdo it with food. You're gonna be unhealthy. You gotta find that that the happy medium and whatever happens to work for you best in your lifestyle. Yeah, just like one of the first effects of caffeine is the increase in alertness. Mm. You can keep fighting your fatigue but your body is signaling to you what it needs it's mm-hmm. tired and you increase your caffeine you're just masking the symptoms you, sometimes you're on that hustle grind 
there's different waves. Maybe in the week it's Friday night. You don't want to go out. You didn't consume caffeine all day. You feel tired. Lay low. Mm. Just go take a nap. Watch a movie. Sleep in. Get like those nine hours. Don't set alarm clock. That's totally okay to do. Because just like you mentioned, go, go, go. Starbucks or America runs on Dunkin'. We have that mentality engraved that we need to be doing something where if we're just chilling, sometimes we feel guilty. Mm -hmm. I get that sometimes because there's just so much to do. We have a never-ending task list. I could sit around and do nothing, but I could also get something done that's going to benefit me. But we could do that forever. My laptop could be at, up at 1 a.m. You got to set that boundary. Same thing with here. To listen to your body and lay low. Maybe you need a break. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the alarm clock because, <clears throat> okay, I had this theory that I was working on. So if you really want to figure out, let's just say you want to wake up at, we just put my my example uh, for example. Let's just say you want to wake up at five thirty. For example, my example. We'll take my example as an as an example for today, or for, or for now. So like we can actually relate it to real life. So not that other things you can't relate to real life. I just want this to be super. This super is deep. yours, bro. It's this okay. Is, share. Okay. So listen. So I'm listening. <laughs> loud and clear. Good. Good. I'm, I'm not glad. hearing. I'm listening. Good. You know what that means you're listening. Damn. I'm, I'm listening. Respect, because I'm gonna ask some questions. Or I'm gonna. I'm, go. gonna I'm waiting for some follow up questions after this. Just give me this. About 30 minutes in the room to speak here. Caffeine gave me all the alertness I need. Perfect. Beautiful. So I had this theory that, hey, if I wanted to wake up at 5.45, 5.30 in the, in the morning, the best way to do it is to not just set an alarm clock and go about it normally. I wanted to reprogram on when my body was ready to wake up. So first, I did a little bit of the alarm clock before I realized, hey, I should do it a different way. So I did an alarm clock method and it, and it was good. And then I was like, hey, let's really step this up a, up a thing to make this a little bit harder and to see, see if this actually works. So I didn't, I set an alarm clock for eight o'clock, 8 a.m. Because worst case, you know, if I overslept for 5.45 or 5.30, it's okay, I'll miss one class, I can still go to, to, to another class. So I was able to, by naturally waking up and going to sleep, able to uh, make myself wake up at like the exact, not exact, but I want to say a few, five, 10 minutes off from the time I want to wake up. So what I basically did, it was I went to sleep at like around midnight and I set my alarm clock at eight and then I woke up at around eight. So I was like, okay, maybe I need um full eight hours to sleep. Next day I went to bed a little bit earlier. It was like 1130, uh, set my alarm clock at eight and I still woke up at like eight o'clock. I was like, okay, so do I need nine hours of sleep? I'm trying to figure out like what, what's going on. Um, and then another day, progressed, kept doing the same thing over and over again. Then I went to, I kept going lower and lower each time. And basically to make this long story short is I learned that if I went to bed before 11 o'clock, my body would naturally wake up without an alarm clock between like 5.30 and I want to say uh, 5.55 a.m. So yeah, so that's the beauty of biohacking. So it's like, yeah, so now I don't even, now if I, I know if I go to bed before 11, and so usually I fall asleep before 11 in that case, I could wake up easily, no problem, no issues attached at 5.30, 5.45, 5.55, and I'll make it to my, to my class. But then I noticed that if I go to sleep after 11 o'clock, 11.15, 11.30, then I gotta sleep till like 6.30, at least seven for some reason. So you're able to really accurately gauge on when your body likes, likes to sleep. My body likes to go to sleep before 11 o'clock and likes to wake up before 6 a.m. That's cool. And even though that's like, you could say uh, six, it's what, from 11, you could say till, till six, we could say that's six, that's seven hours of sleep roughly, right? 
seven hours, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, yeah, seven hours of sleep. But the thing is, if I go to bed after 11, maybe at, at midnight, I need more sleep to feel that that good. So instead of just sleeping seven, if I go to sleep at midnight, I got to sleep at least to like eight, nine o'clock. Because seven hours, for some reason, does not do me justice. That, that makes sense. I was listening to a podcast and they said that the sweet spot to get enough sleep is 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Mm. So the more time you spend in that zone of getting sleep, it's like multiplying the amount of sleep you're getting. Mm. That's yeah. pretty cool. And it, and it makes sense. <clears throat> and it's like sometimes even when uh, when I'm super tired, uh, let's sometimes like you get so programmed into, into this, going to sleep at 11, waking up at 6 or whatever, that there's you have this crazy thing that happens, this phenomenon, that on certain days you can go to bed at midnight and you can still wake up at the same time with less hours of sleep, but it's, it's almost like your body replenishes its reserves. Yeah. When you get the perfect amount of sleep for a consistent amount of days in a, in a row where your body has these things on reserves. I'm not sure if this is a science, maybe you could look into it and just thought about this right now, but maybe your body has like these sleep reserves where um, you might get less sleep the next night, an hour, but taps to the sleep reserves and you could still wake up at the six o'clock marker feeling just as good. But then over time that deteriorates because you have less and less sleep reserves. And another thing is also timing your caffeine. So caffeine does have a half-life. It gets metabolized. And depending on how late you consume your coffee, energy drinks, your caffeine source, day shift or night shift, it could affect the sleep quality that you're getting. Mm. So you could be sleeping eight hours, but you consume this such a high amount of caffeine at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. where if you consume 200 milligrams at 5 p.m., at six, it's a half-life of mm. 50, 25, 12.5. It's still lingering in your body. It's still having effect on properly having a denison attra- attract. I don't know what denison does and as far as REM sleep. That's out of my scope of practice. But timing your caffeine is going to affect the, the sleep quality. So a rule of thumb that I've always noticed is like six to eight hours, no coffee. So some people stop it at noontime uh, if you're a day shift. And if you're a night shift person, Consuming it at caffeine is something I've done too to uh, prevent yourself from not getting quality sleep. Mm. Especially going back to back with night shift, you're already sleeping six to seven hours. Might as well optimize the six, seven hours that you're getting. Yeah, because you have to understand that the half-life, you might not feel the effects of caffeine, but that caffeine is still in your body because it takes X amount of hours for it to dissolve halfway throughout your body. So you're still feeling the effects taper off, but to say, for example, um, what did you say the half life was six hours? Yeah. For it, so if it's if it's six hours, um, if it's six, if it's six hours, then, then you drink it at you could say noon. For whatever what reason you're going to sleep. If you drink it before you go to bed, you gotta realize that while you're in bed, that's six more hours of caffeine being tapered off. So there's still six more hours of it. Uh, wearing off before it actually is, is gone. And I mean, this this isn't six hours standard because caffeine normally half-life, it depends on your person and, and your, your size, how much caffeine you drink. I think it's anywhere between like two and seven or two and six hours where a half-life is, right? So it, I, mean, I just looked it up just mm-hmm. for accuracy. It's five hours, but of course everybody's range matters and it's anywhere from 1.5 to 9.5 hours. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll show notes we have two two between two and seven hours. So yeah, so it's like, you, you're not sure, you're not you're not sure. And like, I feel like for me, from personal experience is my, the half life of caffeine when my liver processes it and breaks it down, I think it's probably definitely on the lower spectrum because I could drink caffeine uh, and then I, 
then I could just swear two hours I probably go straight to sleep. It doesn't mean that that it's for sure two hour half life. Maybe it's three or four, and I'm lo- losing that at the at the tail end. But sometimes you can almost figure figure yourself out of when you could also drink caffeine too, because you can still drink caffeine without without you know um, without having any negative effects on your on your sleep. Because for example, let's say you work nights and uh, your your estimated half life of the caffeine that you drink is let's just say three hours. So three hours until three hours. So a total of six for a two get out of your system. So you drink it at, at midnight. That means from midnight to three, it's going to be peaking. And then from three to six, it's going to be going back down. And then if you go to sleep at eight, you might be completely fine. Or even if you might go to sleep at six, you still might be, be completely fine, for example. Uh, it just depends on, on how well you process it. But you can kind of gauge yourself that way. I feel like for me, from experience, mine's pretty low, that the half-life, because like you see me drink caffeine sometimes, like at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, I work, and then I, I come home, shower, and I pass out right away. That's the beauty of work at mm. night shift is you can slam a cup of coffee and go take a nap mm. 15 minutes later. Ooh. You just want to get sleep. Right, but but the thing is like now while you're sleeping, is it affecting you? Because if my half-life of caffeine is four hours, but I'm consuming it, let's just say, for example, I drink it at four in the morning and I'm going to bed at eight. Okay, and my half-life of ca- for my caffeine is four hours. So total of, of eight hours for it to go through its f- full cycle. So if I'm drinking it at it at uh four in the morning like and the then i get noon. home at, at eight but i just need it for those two hours um and i go to bed at eight then from eight till four eight, eight, from four, eight to twelve that's four more hours of caffeine in my body so that's probably affecting my four hours of all my sleep if you think about it yeah could be so affecting- am i losing that quality of sleep because imagine if you could drink it an hour earlier and now the half-life is less and just if the fact that you drank it a half an hour just because you drank the energy drink an hour earlier now you're benefiting better off sleep even though those, those physical symptoms that you are feeling are gone but your body is still processing the caffeine hopefully that's, hopefully that's not going to confusing to, for everybody out there but you know what i'm saying like you can gauge when's a good time for you to drink caffeine yeah. you could for sure do that and, and the amount as well I mean, an amount's the easy part because it's listed on the bottle. Because if all you need is like, let's just say you're slamming a Red Bull, whatever, it has 140 or whatever in there, drink 70 for, drink half of it and see how you feel. Because sometimes people go over the edge. Like they're, they're either drowsy tired or they're super duper wired. Like you don't have to be on a spectrum of real tired and super duper wired. You could just be like just enough to get you up from your seat to get you to draw labs and focus on your patient. I'm kind of reflecting. It's always funny showing up to work before you had caffeine. That's another th- thing to time, not necessarily for sleep, but you're timing it mm. so you don't get swass on your damn seat when you're mm. sitting down and getting a report. That's the biggest issue, bro. So, yeah, if I have a cup of coffee and I'm walking into work, I'm sitting down. I'm standing up, bro. Sometimes the caffeine. I'm standing up. For a report, you always let me stand up because I ain't trying to sit. Because I sweat a lot to begin with. And if, and then plus, um, you know, there's a little bit of stress associated with with every every shift. You could say so that naturally warms me up. And then we're naturally comfortable in a car, which is a little bit on the warmer end. So I'm like double warm. And then you throw in a hot coffee while we're driving. That's like another heat. And now you get a report, so there's a little bit of you know a little bit of anxiety associated with that. Will naturally raises your blood your your blood temperature as well. So I'm sweating. I'm and sweating. It- I, I sit down. Another thing is a side effect is urination. So as a nurse, you know, if you're consuming caffeine, you're more likely to go pee oftentimes. Sometimes it's 
I like to hold the nurse over like before report, before mm-hmm. I start my shift. Let me go empty out my bladder just so my shift goes smooth because if shit's the fan and sometimes you're busy for three hours, mm-hmm. got to hold it in, yep. especially if I'm consuming some caffeine. Uh, and then another thing I'm thinking about is uh, the what shits. Thinking about? <laughs> the side <laughs> the effects of getting the shits of caffeine. Yeah, bro. So you got to be careful if it's catching you before report or maybe you got to go before report. You got you to gotta do what you got to do. Because it stimulates things. You, you got to be careful. Things. Not just your mind, stimulate your body. So body, I, mind, and soul. I'm, yeah, I don't think I'm that sensitive to caffeine, mm-hmm. but when it comes to bowel regimen, I think I haven't figured out. But I yeah. think it just depends. <laughs> it depends on the, on the foods that I eat before I consume the caffeine. Because if I have like fish, or someone that has a lot of, um, I think maybe a lot of a lot of fat and dairy in it, and then I have coffee or after or after that, then that makes me go. But if I have like beef, I think or chicken, then I'm, I'm chilling. It just depends on what I consume, I guess. Revs it up. But what's crazy is that when we're doing this research, is that I uh, I was looking at at an article and they said that. Uh, caffeine has a potential to decrease the the risk of suicide. Um, speak to your doctor before you try to handle your depression with caffeine or other uh, psychoactive substances. But um, I don't know. I didn't dive too deep into the study. I just wanted to tell you all that's out there. But then what I'm thinking about it is like, yeah, I want to expect it might help you with suicide ideation or maybe even like depression that's possibly suicide. In- increases serotonin and dopamine. It does, yeah. But then <clears throat> think about it. When you drink that caffeine and you get on that little caffeine high that you're having, and then once it wears off, now your your bottom is even lower now. Yeah. So I'm going to argue that mm-hmm. one too, which, which is interesting, is you know how you have suicidal patients and they say if they have increased energy, that gives that gives them the greater ability to complete the plan that they have. Mm-hmm. So what if you giving them the energy to, to when they're already in that phase, mm-hmm. it only increases the chance of doing it because yeah. they have more of the susceptibility to do it. So maybe it should be depending on if that pa- patient literally has a plan to commit mm-hmm. or is just saying it, then maybe caffeine is more effective in that standpoint. Yeah. I would see my thing with like suicide and, and depression before we have anybody try anything for it. I feel like they have to actually um, talk to somebody about this. That's, that's why just, it's that's a study controlled. Yeah. yeah so, so don't try with your loved ones. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't do it. Because like, that's why I feel like it's, it's a solution. I feel like a lot of solutions, a lot of solutions to um, drug addiction is um, just complete cessation. Of course, not like benzos, but not barbiturates, things that could put you in a coma. But like certain drugs that are, are safe to just stop if you're addicted to them, I think you should stop right away. They get you already one step closer to like sobriety, you, you could say. Um, and that, then, that even goes with caffeine. Mm-hmm, yeah. See how you're consuming it. Are you consuming it habitually for the wrong reasons? Are you neglecting your body? Because that's the best form of self-love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's going on there? Ever, and that's why it just all comes back to habits, just like the osteoporosis. If you're not consuming dark leafy green vegetables or whole foods and you're consuming Dunkin' Donuts with your coffee, I don't know what that caffeine's doing once you're getting released from the bones, that calcium. So yeah. food yeah, for you, thought, everything in moderation. Right. You should, yeah, before you hop on any kind of kind of medication or psychoactives, you should be, um, you should be like with understanding about yourself first. Like try to fix it yourself first before you hop to a drug. Because once you like start taking these, um, these pharmaceuticals, <laughs> It's happened to these drugs, you know. Yeah. And when we starting these pharmaceuticals, it's already changing your brain chemistry. I understand some people need their brain chemistry change for certain reasons because uh, some things aren't properly 
being receptive or or, or, or inhibited trauma, damage yeah or, or things like that you know on a neuro like i'm talking about neurochemical level not necessarily trauma damage but like physiologically some kind of issue where maybe yeah, some yeah like car accident points. You, yeah you get hit serotonin is not properly yeah, functioning that's yeah, what those referring things. to yeah, yeah so that if if there's some kind of issue with that that just all you do is a little bit of this then um yeah that works out but i feel like a lot of people don't have those issues i feel like majority of people that suffer depression anxiety um any kind of mental health issues uh that you could say and stress stress issues um is that they could just naturally help themselves by um by just talking to somebody and figuring out the proper ways to deal with these things yeah and what's cool about um i'm kind of thinking about caffeine mm -hmm. now just for myself i enjoy doing the french press for anybody that's using that and also when i came back to chicago last year from um california i had the little to make the is it called rostretto so to make the shadow shots is mm. you uh, put water on the bottom and then there's like a espresso shot with um, with coffee mm. and then there's a chamber up top what happens is you put this on your gas chamber and the water starts evaporating so it goes up through the coffee and then it, as it goes up it loses the heat so it turns into liquid mm. in the process and that's that coffee that you get that's why it's so powerful because mm. it, it has that evaporation process to uh, for oh. it to be created it's almost like has even smaller coffee particles that are you yeah. know how there's it evaporates it yeah. evaporates goes to the top mm -hmm. attaches to caffeine and who knows what kind of way and then it well, probably the same goes way into the drip chamber yeah so yeah so that, that makes complete sense because like when you do like uh the keurig um water hot water goes is up top and it flows to the coffee and then you get the coffee right but you're doing like a reverse process where the steam it's still it's still water because still still h2o right h or is it h and o now don't confuse me what is, because water, water is h2o as a liquid but as a gas is it still or is it just hydrogen and oxygen yeah that's why h2o <laughs> is so powerful because it's in three different forms but it still looks the same way it does right yeah I'm it makes a, sense right? i'm a nurse dude <laughs> I look like a chemist here ask me the wrong effing it's questions just, it's man. just water though it has to it has to because Water is a uh, solid liquid and gas, so they're all H2O then technically. It just depends on temperature. Yeah, almost had a almost had a revert to like yeah, great school back in the day. Yeah, dog. Yeah. It's okay because you didn't know either, man. We both didn't know that. It took me a minute, but no, nah, it's H2O. Yeah, so it's still H2O. So that's why it's capturing that coffee in there, that caffeine in there, and then and it comes back down as a liquid. Yeah, so because because it hits the top of it and it cools off and it drips. Yes. But so, still H2O, so that's why it's still the same thing. The steam is still H2O and the water is still H2O. Long story short, if you are interested in that kind of uh, espresso shot, Machinery. check it out in Starbucks and tell them you want your espresso shot, Rostrudo style. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one other major thing that I, okay, so in my nursing career, I have given uh, caffeine to a few people. Um, one person, it was caffeine mixed with Tylenol, I believe, and that was for headaches. Yeah. And I think that benefited uh, the headaches because of the the vasoconstriction of the of the heart and the and the and the brain flow too. But uh, yeah, but I never really dug in deep into like how does vasoconstriction actually benefit headaches. But for some reason, this is this is what I gave it for. Um, and another time, that's the only time I gave in caffeine. Sorry, but I did give Adderall one time to my patient, and that was all the same reason to get um get him going and feeling feeling better. So I feel like that's like 
maybe one of those things where a nurse might experience once in a lifetime. Make it a patient patient Adderall. Yeah. Yeah. Or I have given a handful of patients though. I did Adderall um, med surge med because surge? That some okay. people are just prescribed that. Okay. Oh, I did. Okay. For sure. Never mind. I did. I did. I never gave it in a, in a floor. I, was, I gave ICU one time. But I did give. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like I gave Axie one time. <laughs> for sure, dude. Good for you, man. You gave Axie. Thanks, bro. Percocet. No, not Oxy. Uh, Adderall. Just, I'm so. giving you a hard time. Oh, okay. For sure. You said Oxy. Oh, I'm, I'm at Adderall. I'm sorry. I give Oxy a handful so of times. I'm giving you a hard bunch time. Bunch of times. But um, then I was going to say. Damn, I, don't think, I don't think you're listening to you all the words you're just thought. hearing. You lost, my, you lost my train of I lost my train of thought. But, oh, yeah. But I did give a handful of times. I think it's called Donab, Donabadrol or Donabadrol or something like that. Where it's um, still makes your appetite, and it's that THC drug. Yes, that I give gave a few times. Never tried it myself, but I did give it a few times to a patient. Never worked. It seemed like it never it never got the job done. They were never hungry afterwards. But it is what it is. All right, ladies and gents, hope you guys enjoyed this episode, jam packed of caffeine thoughts, perspectives, what it is, the molecule, talking about everything under someone when it comes to caffeine. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you find value in this, please share this with loved ones. See you on the next one. Yeah, but real quick before you guys go. Oh, oh my peace sign is up in there, bro. <laughs> uh, we have some more uh, stuff on our show notes with the effects of caffeine. If you want to read into them, we didn't really have time to go over them on the show. But peace out, guys. Peace.